This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up this hour, five poultry feed companies have been collectively fined about 415 million ringgit for price fixing. So the Malaysian Competition Commission, or MyCC, fined those five companies for allegedly agreeing to raise the price of chicken feed um, and distort chicken prices, essentially. So this is actually the largest fine that the MyCC has imposed in its 12 years of operation. And those five companies are Dinding's Poultry Development Centre, FFM, Gold Coin Feed Mills Malaysia, Leong Hub Feed Mill Malaysia, and PK Agro Industrial Products. Yes, well, you know, uh, I think there's been a lot of um, public concern about the rising price of uh, food in general. But because chicken in particular is an important source of protein for most Malaysians, that the price of chicken, I think, uh, became a center of attention for the public. Uh, there were discussions about where uh, and what was causing the rise of, of chicken. Uh, and I think it was often put down to the feed, the price of feed. Uh, there was a suggestion that it was imported and therefore, you know, we were importing this inflation. But I think it all got complicated, and the and I do believe I can't remember exactly when the question or allegation of some sort of cartel operating in the industry was raised. But you know, until this point, it's never been um, proven, and and so this is a kind of a, a next step in the conversation about why chicken costs so much, and generally. Do we have the problem of cartels uh, and food production in this country? Yeah, I think why that word cartel is being bandied about um, is because these five companies collectively actually form Malaysia's largest chicken feed suppliers. They own 40% of the market um, in total. And they have been found to increase prices of poultry feed by one or two ringgit per 50 kg, either at the same time or within a week of each other, which has, of course, given rise to this. Uh, question of whether price fixing was involved. Um, so we will um, unpack uh, both the legalities of the situation um, and also what comes next. Uh, we'll be joined after this by Anand Raj, who is a lawyer uh, practicing in competition law and antitrust. But in the meantime, send your thoughts our way. What do you make of this? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Breathe freely, Malaysians. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.11. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We are talking about um, price fixing, particularly in the chicken feed industry, because the MyCC, the Malaysian Competition Commission, has fined five chicken feed, poultry feed companies, a total of 415 million ringgit for allegedly raising the price of chicken feed collectively. Um, of course, leading to this these allegations of them functioning as a cartel. Um, and so we'd like to hear from you. What do you make of this? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Joining us now on the line is Anand Raj, lawyer uh, practicing in competition and antitrust law. Anand, good to have you with us. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me on. So MyCC has fined these five companies uh, 
almost 415 million ringgit uh, for forming what they're calling a chicken feed cartel. Before we get into it, could you help us understand how these companies operated and how it impacts the market, uh, essentially leading uh, leading for them to be on the wrong side of the law? So well, we have to uh, start out on the basis that it's my CC who have reached a conclusion uh, and they have found that these companies have breached the law. Uh, I believe these companies do not agree with that finding and uh, they are going to be appealing to the Competition Appeals Tribunal, uh, which is a process that's open to them. Um, and in other cases, uh, prior to this, MyCC has uh, reached findings uh, against numerous other enterprises in relation to, uh, in relation to cartel and other uh, behavior. Some of those cases have gone on to the tribunal and have been affirmed. MyCC's decision has been affirmed, whilst other decisions have been reversed. So we just have to bear in mind that this is by no means final. Now, uh, with that uh, caveat, we can look at what MyCC uh, have referred to in their press statement. Uh, they have looked at the supply of chicken and broken it up into, or at least for categorization purposes, they've looked at it as, uh, you know, uh, at three different levels. The upstream sector, which is uh, what we are looking at today, where it includes the importing of raw materials for poultry feed, uh, and supplying the the feed essentially to the to the chicken that's raised uh, by the farms, and uh, that sector, the farms would be the midstream sector, where there's broiler and egg production. Broiler is just an industry jargon for for the chicken that you find in the supermarket, uh, all uh, cut up and um, defeathered, so to speak. And then you have the downstream uh, uh, sector, uh, which uh, you have to go through before it finds its way into the broilers, find their way into the supermarkets. And that's the processing, slaughtering, packaging and distribution sector. So they've identified the three sectors, upstream, midstream and downstream. Uh, and their findings are that there was a cartel, which the companies involved uh, dispute uh, in the upstream sector. So my CC's finding essentially is if in the upstream sector, where the poultry feed is uh, is is uh, being uh, prepared, if we if the companies here charge more, then that cost is passed down to the midstream and the downstream, and it snowballs into a higher price uh, at the supermarkets uh, for consumers to purchase. So that is the finding uh, of uh, the commission, uh, and uh, the findings are against these five companies. Hence, uh, the fine in question. Does that answer uh, your question? Do, should I clarify any aspect of that? Well, I think that that helps us really understand. I mean, perhaps in greater detail than we can expect it. Uh, but uh, it's good to know. I do want to ask you, though, since the heart of the story is the question of competition or abuse of your dominant position in the market, whatever it is, I, I just want to know, um, seeing how they're going to be challenging, the company's going to be challenging this particular finding, are there, in fact, ambiguities in our competition law that, you know, that some of these companies can claim that either they didn't know what they were doing was a, a contravention of the act or that, um, that, in fact, they didn't do what they alleged to have done? Okay, so again, MyCC has found wrongdoing against these five companies and the companies are disputing that. And they will have their opportunity in the tribunal to overturn the finding uh, of the commission and that too could be subject to, uh, to further challenges down the road. So putting that aside, we can just talk about what is cartel behavior and abuse of dominance um, sort of situation uh, generally. 
Cartels and abuse, abuse of dominance are two different things. There are two different prohibition sections in the Act, uh, and the nature of the conduct required for cartel uh, behavior to be found is different from an abuse of dominance. Abuses of dominance, if they exist, tend to be on a solo basis. So very large companies uh, which have a dominance or monopoly in any, sec in any uh, segment of the market, uh, if they engage in certain conduct, that could be an abuse of dominance. Uh, these days, internationally, there are lots of findings against uh, companies like um, uh, Google, Alphabet, uh, Apple, Amazon, and, and many of those are challenged in the, in the courts in other jurisdictions. So those are typically your abuse of dominance cases. Uh, we shouldn't mix that up with cartel-type behavior. Cartel-type behavior is uh, usually a situation where it's two or more companies being competitors, being on the same level of the production and distribution chain, coming together and allegedly fixing prices and whatnot. So in this case, it is not to do with abuse of dominance. The finding of MyCC relates to Section 4, which is that these competitors have come together and fixed prices and, uh, and engage in cut, general, uh, uh, cartel behavior. All we have uh, in the public domain so far is a press statement from ICC. Uh, there would be a much lengthier document, the proposed, sorry, the uh, infringement decision document, which would have been given to the five parties, which would co contain uh, details of the alleged behavior. Uh, what we have is only a press statement that's available in, uh, to the public. Now, according to MyCC, they've engaged in behavior where there will be an increase in prices of poultry feed. And as a result, there will be from there a ripple effect uh, coming down uh, and such that what you pay for chicken in the supermarket would be more expensive. So that's the finding of MyCC, which is a subject of appeal. So actually, if we look at that, right, MyCC has said basically that um, these five companies would raise the price of uh, poultry feed by one to two ringgit per kg, um, either simultaneously or within a week of each other. Now, is this sort of uh, distortion enough to prove collusion? What are some other patterns that might be necessary to prove this? Okay, so what is prohibited by the law uh, is an agreement between competitors to fix prices or to raise prices, or to fix any component of the price, or to raise any component of the price. Um, so, for example, in, in the cases of uh, some airlines, they didn't fix the final price of the airline ticket, but they fixed just a fuel surcharge component uh, between them, and that was enough to be fined, for example, in, in, in the UK. So, in this situation, they are saying that they've all come together in this way. Now, what we have to understand is uh, the definition of agreement under our Competition Act is not confined to where a situation where people sit down uh, and sign a document. Uh, it is equally applicable to conduct where there's no document. If we sit in a room and speak to each other and uh, verbally agree, that's good enough and that's caught. A decision of an association is caught. In some instances, price signaling is caught. Uh, and price signaling is something that's been increasingly investigated across jurisdictions over the last 10 years or so. Price signaling occurs when one enterprise, they know they can't communicate with their competitor, but they make very overt um, uh, references to the to prices that they have uh, in mind to increase. And that signal is then picked up by others. And uh, if they decide to go along with that, then that collusion is formed in that way. Now, again, we don't know if the facts in this case are enough to sustain a finding of price signaling, uh, hence a price agreement. But my CC seem to think that there's enough on the facts 
uh, that that's proved. And uh, more details of that would be contained in that confidential document, which I referred to, which is the infringement decision, which would have been given to the parties, but which is not available to the public. Okay, so let's talk about the the total fine that's been imposed, 415 million ringgit, uh, over, uh, uh, shared uh, uh, unevenly between these different companies. Um, and it's, as I think Shamla mentioned earlier, that it's the biggest fine to date. How, how is the fine determined? And do you think, just looking at it, and based on your kind of extensive knowledge of these kinds of cases, is it proportionate to the crime? Okay, oh, so well, right, maybe not a crime, but to the infringement. Let's put it that way. That's right. That's right. So um, that's right. Actually, you just touched on something which is important. Um, a breach of the competition law, where some where enterprises uh, fix prices or abuse dominance or, or or do something else, is not technically a criminal offence. It is an infringement. That is the correct phrase. Uh, a criminal offence is only committed under the competition law if uh, somebody tries to obstruct the commission from investigating or something like that. But apart from that, uh, what is has been issued is an infringement decision. Now, the provision in the law says that MyCC can impose a fine of up to 10% of the worldwide turnover of the group of companies in question for the duration of the infringement. So, in a situation where, uh, not in this case, uh, we don't have the facts, where in a situation where there might be a cartel in place for five years, then the fine would be calculated over the five years. Uh, in Europe, they've uncovered some cartels which have existed for 15 or 20 or 25 years. In those situations, they will count the fine for uh, the entire duration of the infringement. They will look at each of the enterprises, pick up their global turnover, and the ceiling is up to 10%. Now, just because the ceiling is up to 10% doesn't mean that they can impose the maximum of 10%. So, for example, uh, in a situation in Europe, uh, Parker Pen was uh, was uh, hit with a fine, but they didn't look at their global turnover from every single one of their different pens. They just picked up the global turnover of the, of the pen in question, so to speak, the conduct relating to that pen in question, and they used that as a marker and they imposed 10% of that. So, in theory, it can be up to 10% of the global turnover of that company, of that group of companies, for the duration of the infringement. Now, there are other situ other factors that they can take into account in reducing a fine. So, uh, if someone has come forward and if they're the first to apply for leniency, they might, in, in certain situations, get up to 100% uh, of, a, of a reduction. There's no evidence of that from the publicly available information here. Uh, if someone is second through the door, they might get a 50% discount. But again, there's no information on that here. Uh, we would have to have the exact uh, global turnover for the exact duration to be able to count backwards to see whether my CC has imposed according to that. But it would explain the differences in the fines. Uh, the fines, uh, the higher fines might indicate that that group in question is a larger group. There are also uh, considerations that can be taken into account in discounting fines. For example, if there exists um, a compliance program, a competition or compliance program, they might get a discount for that. So there are some considerations uh, uh, behind the computation of fines, but without specifics, I wouldn't be able to tell you uh, if they followed that formula exactly or if there have been some exceptions made. But it could explain why there, are, there appear to be large differences between the companies.
Now, we've mentioned several times already, of course, that the companies are free to challenge the decision. Uh, in fact, some of them have already announced that they are. Um, so parent companies, Leonghub International and PB, PPB Group, have rejected MyCC's findings. Um, and they say that these allegations are without merit. So what would they need to do to prove non-involvement? So they'll have to appeal to the Competition Appeal Tribunal within 30 days. Uh, and then bring forward all the facts, arguments, um, uh, and, and case law uh, to support their position. So, you know, a cartel, uh, an alleged cartel, uh, can be easy to prove uh, if you have everybody sitting in a room and agreeing in very specific terms to the conduct uh, complained of. Uh, where you have a situation where you're suggesting it's price signaling, uh, you may have to be very careful. My CC will have to be very careful to show that there was some element of collusion there uh, and not just uh, it so happens that uh, someone decided to increase the price uh, with no intention of uh, it could be in response uh, to some external uh, uh, situation if it's one of the companies is listed uh, if they had to deal with a regulator and if they had to disclose information on that basis uh, would that be applicable would that be good evidence of price signaling it may not be so you'll have to look at the explanations that are put forward uh, and we'll have to see how that plays out. There's, and I would caution, there's still a lot of information that's not in the public domain. Um, and so we would have to reserve judgment until the process is over. Anand, uh, I do want to ask you, though, I mean, we, you already helped us understand the distinction between uh, the anti-competitive agreements, a dimension of the law, also the abuse of dominant position, uh, you know, uh, dimension. But I want to ask you about this. All this together, when we look at the, the laws that we have, the, the regulatory framework, does it amount to a strong anti-monopoly uh, law that, you know, that other countries have in place or some countries uh, assiduously for ideological reasons don't want to go to uh, because their commitment to the free market, supposedly? So what's your sense? Uh, are, are we a country where we really are fighting monopolies in all forms and shapes? Ah. Uh. Thank you for asking that question. So we now move away from, from this uh, feed mill issue to something which is uh, probably of greater concern. Uh, so, you know, we do not have uh, in Malaysia the full, uh, full spread of competition laws. Uh, we only have uh, legislation that covers three prohibitions. The prohibition against cartel conduct, uh, where competitors uh, fix prices, for example, uh, or share, agree to share markets. We have the prohibition against uh, anti-competitive verticals where, for example, a distributor tries to control the resale price of its products uh, at, um, sorry, a manufacturer may try to control the resale price of its products through its various distributors and imposes restriction on them. So we've got that prohibition. We've got the prohibition against abuses of dominance. But in other jurisdictions, there are other provisions uh, which we do not have. So, for example, uh, a big hole in our law at the moment is merger control. We do not have a merger control regime. And that probably has a greater distortive effect on the market uh, than most people would realize. Uh, we do not. We also do not have a prohibition against state aid. Uh, so, for example, in Europe, uh, the countries, uh, no country is permitted to uh, favor one company over another or a group of companies over another. So, for example, it's possible that in, in one of the countries in Europe, they, issue, they, they come out with a, with a tax incentive scheme or if they come out with some sort of subsidy scheme, uh, which, they allow, which they give to all companies across the board. If they did that, that would be perfectly okay. But if they came up with a scheme like that and they favored some 
companies against others, if they favored national champions against companies that had their headquarters in a different uh, EU country or outside the EU, for example, that would be in violation of the prohibition against state aid. So if you talk about the absence of merger control and the absence of prohibition against state aid, we are very far behind in terms of what would be a, a regime where competition law is observed to the fullest. We only have uh, the basic prohibition against cartels. Uh, we do not yet have merger control. So uh, what does that mean? What, what, how big a loophole is that? Well, that's a big enough loophole that if two competitors can't come together to fix prices, they could get around it by merging. If these two competitors uh, had, say, 30 to 40% of the market each, they know they can't fix prices, that's against the law, but they could get around it by merging and setting the price that they wanted. And with 80% of the market, you know, that would clearly mean that they would get around the, um, uh, the Section 4 prohibition uh, against cartels just by merging. So that could be an issue. Uh, if they have 20% and 20%, they could do that, and they wouldn't even be in the dominant category but they could get uh, around the uh, the uh, prohibition against cartels. So merger control is something that we really need. Uh, it has been proposed by MyCC, but it has not yet uh, been read in parliament. I think the bill hasn't been finalized for various reasons. So we are not yet where we should be, uh, but we do have the basic building blocks of competition law. Anand, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you. That was Anand Raj, a lawyer who practices competition and antitrust law. Uh, keep your thoughts coming. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us and keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.